0: McGurk! I do love typing. Do not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. <laughs> How <many laughs> like it? Is being becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, <laughs> they say you are what you eat. Shera. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena yeah. Luther, boardroom or ballroom, because really? she looks like a boss in this coat. Is Luther like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs>
1: Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yay!
0: Yes!
1: Welcome to Supergirl Radio of Tomorrow, your source for Tom King's comic run on Supergirl titled Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the DC TV podcast YouTube channel and the Supergirl Radio Facebook page to discuss and review the final issue of Tom King's run Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number eight, which, of course, was written by Tom King penciled in eight inked by Bilkis Eveli. The colorist is Mateus Lopez and Clayton Cowles is the letterer. And uh, so we are going to be talking about this, uh, this final issue. This is going to be the last time we talk about this storyline. So uh, we've, we've <laughs> gone on quite the journey eight issues in. So I'm excited to uh, hear your thoughts, Morgan on the, on how it ended. But I guess before that we do have, Uh, some things that we need to talk about that are comic related so we need to get to
0: the news uh, uh uh, DC Comics <laughs> Do you like my transitions? I, of it is great. Random was noises. Is musical? I like that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, DC Comics has announced that a dreamer graphic novel written by uh Nicole Mains with art by Rye Hickman will be coming in the future. A release date for the graphic novel has not yet been set, but it's coming in some sort of nebulous Future period. (laughs) I don't think we have a. a, I can't wait for (laughs) the future. (laughs) I saw this get announced, and I was like, "Yes, I can't wait!" And then I like looked, and I was like, "Did I miss when it's releasing in the announcement?"
1: I did not. (laughs) I I don't think so. I I think they just said it's it's a thing that's happening, uh, but we we don't know when it's happening. So I guess (laughs) we just have
0: to wait. They're like, "Get hyped," and I'm like, "I'm hyped," and it's like. Cool. When is this? The stay hyped <laughs> for an unknown period of time. Like I, I, I'm tired. I can't be hyped forever,
1: guys.
0: <laughs> you only get so much energy. I only have so much hype inside of me. <laughs> Give us a date,
1: Morgan. I know you're a big Dreamer fan. So, uh, uh, are you excited? Uh,
0: you you are hyped. Uh, I'm, so uh, I'm why, hyped. why 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 are you hyped for it? <laughs> Well, uh, I love that it's written by Nicole Maines. And I I know that she's a big comic fan after she got cast as Dreamer. And she's done her Dreamer homework. We had her on the show. We talked Mm -hmm. to her one time and she knew a ton of stuff about Dreamer. So I think... With her own, uh, with her own book that she could kind of write, I- I'd be interested where she would take the character. It sounds like it's a graphic novel, so it sounds like it's gonna maybe release all at once, which is another reason I'm hyped because I like things all at once, um, a complete story, a complete story. <laughs> also because I tend to my my issue with comics is is not comics really, but it's the release schedule in which I eventually halfway through forget about it and then I never finished there are so many comics that I have never finished and so if you give me a graphic novel I will read that but if you're like okay we're uh you know we're uh, six issues into a nebulous I don't know how many issues it is it's why I liked Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow because we knew it was eight issues and I was like great cool at seven at issue seven i know i'm almost at the end but a lot of comics are like you're on issue 110 it's like (laughs) cool and then you and then if you say forget to catch up and you realize you're perhaps several years behind then you're like wait what issue did i stop Reading at and you I, don't remember. You don't I, remember. I feel like uh, Supergirl Radio is being called out because that's what happened to us with Rebirth. <laughs> we need to, we will finish Rebirth. We're going to do promise. it. We're do We're it. Gonna... But, but the, the thing about us and how we read Rebirth is that <laughs> that is how I read all comics, uh, <laughs> even ones I really like. There was a, a comic, uh, I'm sure a lot of comic fans have heard so- of Saga, and it's an image comic. And I got, I was like, I loved it. I was really into it. And then I fell off. And then they took also several long breaks. But now I don't remember where I left off. So I'm going to have to like start at the beginning again. (laughs) That's the worst. And like work my way through. So the point is, being presented a story in a graphic novel format where it's like, here it is. It's this. I mean, you just made my life easier. Thanks, Nicole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's also a complete story. Sometimes with things like Rebirth, it it sort of like changed in the middle and there'd be a different yes. comic book writer. And so they would do a different thing with Supergirl. And the other story we were kind of getting into was changed and it was something different and it was very difficult to follow. Yeah. So something like a, a, a complete graphic novel where you have a beginning, middle and end that's what I'm more interested in. And I hope that comics in general start going in this direction. Cause uh, like you, like that's what I really liked about Supergirl woman of tomorrow, even though I have a, a, a few qualms with the ending, but, um, but I like the overall concept of the story because it was a complete story. I didn't have to go fishing through Superman, Number 1324 and find that one section where supergirl was mentioned. I can just go to this one book and read these eight issues, and I've got a story. So I think that's the benefit, uh, in my personal opinion, for the the graphic novel.
0: Yeah, I I, I appreciate that as somebody who's old and tired so much more. Um, uh, because <laughs> I just don't have the energy. There's so many things happening in the world. Yeah. Uh, that I don't have the energy to be like, okay, so this is where the book crossed over with the other book. So I need to dip into Superman, you know, 510 and then back, then back to the old title. <laughs> yes. Remember when not... we get the issues like mixed <laughs> up? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. I remember it was like, it was like, <laughs> we missed an issue or something. As you could see in Superman 505. And I was like, what? We were supposed to read that? <laughs> uh, and it's my least favorite thing. I, I'm sure there are a lot of people who love that about comics, but it's my least favorite thing about comics because I just want to like start at the beginning and end at the end. And I don't want to have to be jumping around to other things in the middle because I don't like want to have to put that much time into finding things. It's, comics are confusing. And I think that's why people who, start out like you know maybe see a a movie a dc movie or a marvel movie and they're like great i want to know more about like the flash like what i need to get if i want to get a flash book i'm going to learn more about that fast guy and then it Mm -hmm. turns out that there's just like a hundred thousand of them and they're all at different times and there's different timelines and then i think a lot of people are just like never mind (laughs) And then you add with, in
1: case of the Flash, time travel and multiverses, it gets a little confusing. Uh, Yeah, it's it's one thing like I don't mind paying for different issues like the the jumping around is the bothersome part. I don't mind spending money. I just don't want to have to go digging for something and miss uh, an important because with Rebirth, the frustrating thing was that if you didn't go read that Superman issue you missed a whole big part of the storyline. It wasn't like a little cameo that Supergirl no. made in the
0: book. It was <laughs> a big portion of the story. It was like, what's thing? happening? Yeah, I mean, we've we've got into uh, you know, old man yells at cloud territory about comics, <laughs> but but it, it it is. It's it's hard to it's hard to keep track of. So I do really like you know. I, I remember. I, I feel like it was not that long ago, but it actually. Uh, was when Miss Marvel, which is actually s- coming out this week on Disney Plus, Disney Plus, we'll we'll plug you if you give us money. Uh, <laughs> like our gr- like our good friend HBO Max. I don't care. I don't care who it is. I, I was about to plug the Ewok films, but give me the give me <laughs> yeah, the money there first. You go. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I remember when Miss Marvel came out, and it was kind of like a new new take on the character, and I was like, great, I can start at number one and I'm good. And it was so easy for me to follow that because it wasn't like so much, uh, like the depth of, of stuff wasn't so much. And so I do kind of appreciate that about, you know, if dreamer at some point in the future gets an ongoing title, um, she doesn't have like you know a hundred years of, of history that you have to dive into before you feel like you can, you know, read one of her books. Uh, as a completist, that's always been a problem for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you know you can dive right in. It's it's a, a closed story. So I'm excited to see what Nicole's going to do with that uh, with that avenue. And it seems like she was excited about writing comics the last time she got to write one, uh, and she just got to put Dreamer into a a super or a Superman super.
1: Boy? i think that's coming up in july it's superman son of kal-el uh so if you're interested in checking that out you might you might have to i, I don't know what the storyline is you might have to read all of superman son of kal-el in, tor- in order to understand
0: dreamer's appearance i don't know i haven't read it yet
1: uh but that is the series in which she is uh appearing
0: yeah so it seems like they're kind of they're seeding her into that story and then they're going to give her this sort of uh solo spin-off graphic novel which i think is smart to kind of introduce her to uh to the super universe um and then you know give her her kind of her own little story so i'm excited for you know what that story is going to be we didn't get anything but cover art and uh it's happening not a date or a description <laughs> or anything so uh, it's not, not a title be- nothing not much to be excited about yet, but, uh, but I'm excited by the mere presence of its existence.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mara in the chat says, this is why I love trade paperbacks. It's all together. And that's, oh, I, I think all comics, paperbacks. honestly, I think all <laughs> comics should be at least trade paperbacks. What I understand about trade paperbacks is like, they put all of those issues, like the Supergirl issues, and then the issues where she's in the Superman yes. issues. They put yes. all of that together, so it's kind of there for your. Re- so you don't have to go digging around; you can just mm-hmm. read it in this one big thing. Graphic novels are a different thing because I think it's more of a a, a complete s- story, story, yeah, it's like its own standalone thing. So I think they should at least be always be trade paperbacks, but preferably graphic novels uh,
0: in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. I love the trade paperbacks. I know that like for the series, it helps to subscribe, like get them issue by issue because that helps like the comic book stores and the, you know, DC and Marvel see that there's interest in the story uh, so that they continue it. So I do understand, but like, I just like trade so much better like I just wanna wait until the end like the end or what there's at least a collection of them. And I just wanna I just wanna read it that way. Yeah, for
1: me it was so much easier. I know we talk about the Peter David run on the podcast all the time and, and Morgan's <laughs> never read it, but I'm excited. But uh the Peter David run was so much easier for me to read as a collect a collection of issues. So uh some sometimes that does make a, a big difference. So um I guess we'll we'll have to wait and hear more about the, the Dreamer graphic novel that is coming sometime in the near future at some point in time. Uh, so I guess uh, since we <laughs> don't really have much more to talk about with that, I guess we should get to the uh, comic book review of the final issue of Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which is number eight. The description of this issue... Uh, let me pull up the cover so that you can see it while I'm uh, talking about it. So uh, so this is the description for Supergirl Woman of t- uh, Tomorrow, number eight. It reads, quote, uh, Kim's, uh, Krim, Kim's Krim's, that's a different character. Crim's uh, <laughs> fate revealed as Supergirl continues her battle against the Brigands, Ruthie squares off against this most vile villain in hopes of avenging her father and their, uh, completing their mission. Will justice be served on both accounts, or will our heroes fail? You won't m- want to miss the thrilling conclusion of the acclaimed miniseries that has changed Kara zor for good, unquote. Dun, so, dun, dun. Uh, so we have gotten the conclusion to this, uh, this epic Western, this comic book Western that Supergirl has been in for eight issues. Um, so there's one part of the issue that I really think is maybe the most important part in in my opinion anyway morgan i'll, I'll sure. have yeah. to ask you about this uh but for on a super radio standpoint yes. i feel like this is the first thing that we need to talk about which is sure. I, I don't know the apparent death of comet the super horse um i don't know what your thoughts on that and we we got a, an answer to a question that we had about how comet was portrayed in uh in this series uh you know was was he just a horse or was he a horse man so lots yeah. of questions about Comet that i want to ask you morgan so you just you just go where you feel like you need to go <laughs> with thoughts about Comet.
0: first i want to point out that i'm wearing black that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't a coincidence i am in mourning i am in mourning for Comet. how dare how dare tom king tom <laughs> king how dare you how very dare you kill off Comet when we were just starting to get to know that great horse. (laughs) Such a majestic steed. (laughs) (laughs) Taken at the prime of his life. Um, I have to be honest, (laughs) I didn't like them killing Comet. Um, But also, and I have to say, maybe I was tired when I read it, I had to go back like three times to be like, did Comet just die and it just I don't know if it was the visuals or what but it wasn't very clear to me what was happening Uh, And then, like, suddenly, it seemed like something bad was happening to Comet. And I was like, excuse me? Uh, And But I did have to go back a couple of times before I figured out that Comet had gotten shot with the one kryptonite bullet that they had. That they hadn't, you know, they used all these kryptonite chains. But they had thought (laughs) to only save enough for one bullet, uh, which is convenient for everyone but Comet, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I will say, like my my one criticism, I guess uh, I feel like my my biggest criticism of this series, which sounds insane, is the uh, is the Comet thing, and it was like you know obviously this is like a big moment, Comet dying, and I I had a hard time following it, so I had a so I had to like you know reread it a couple times, and so I think that kind of undercut the. You know, the the drama, the tragedy of comments end, uh, because I had to be like, wait, hold on, hold on. Well now he's turning into a person. So what does that mean? Oh, is oh now he's dead. Okay. And then like going back.
1: Yeah. Uh first of all, I think Morgan, your your internet may be going. I don't know if
0: it's my internet. Am I coming in okay? I I can hear you, but okay. I see I see some internet issues. Okay. In, like one bar. How okay. is it now? It's better now. I just wanted to let you know.
1: Okay. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. The the comet death, I actually really liked. I think that was, for me, the, the strong point of this issue. Because we got the answer that he was a man horse. Uh, so that was a big reveal. <laughs> because as he's going to save uh, Supergirl on Location 5 in the issue, we see he turns into a beautiful, beautiful man horse. Um, and so he's, so he's beautiful. He's so handsome. And <laughs> there there's a little bit of a reveal, I thought maybe this is just how I interpreted it, but when um when supergirl brings his body back to each where Krim and Ruthie are, she says, um he was a man uh, talking about Comet. He was cursed to be in the body of a horse. Uh, and she says, it's complicated. He didn't like <laughs> to tell people about it. Uh, he, he told me because he loved dot, dot, dot. Aww. And so the insinuation I think is that Comet loved Kara, loved Supergirl. And then, so it's a little bit of a, a, a tragic, romantic tale here in this moment that, <laughs> that, uh, that, uh They could have possibly had a a great romantic uh, storyline, but his life was cut short because he saved Kara. And so I actually I like that. I was like, I love this part of the issue. This is wonderful. (laughs) They they could have had it all. They could have had it all, except for the brigand. So very upsetting. And the horse
0: aspect of it. Well, was the, also the, a little the curse, bit of a wrench. <laughs> the
1: curse to be a horse. Yes, yeah. but uh, but uh, but I thought that was such a nice moment that she recognized that maybe, and not to say that Supergirl returned those feelings. Uh, but she recognized that at least Comet felt that way about her. And so I thought that that was really nice. So it, it, it gave the insinuation that there was maybe something more going on there, that they had a past. And I liked that. I liked that. It was sort of uh, throwing back to the old silver age stories and, and developing that here in this one without having to do a lot of work in terms of uh, the writing. So I really liked the Comet thing. Uh, The, the dog did not die,
0: but, uh, the horse did so <laughs> that was a twist I didn't see coming. I was wor- <laughs> so worried about crypto. yeah, I never saw comet coming. yeah, oh, the tragic the tragic end of comet. I mean, I did like that we got the confirmation that he was a a, a horseman or perhaps a man horse. uh, it's hard to know. I think um, he was he started out as horse. No, no, he started out as man. He started out as man. And then was cursed to be
1: horse. So So maybe man, horse.
0: Yeah. Or if we want to get technical, he was a man, horse, man, uh, because (laughs) at the end he was a man again. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He sort of went through the full life cycle, uh, if you will, starting as man, middle as horse ending as man. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I I did like that that confirmation because it does kind of throw Comet back to those crazy, crazy Silver Age stories. (laughs) uh, But in a more grounded way. And I also, I did, I mean, I was mourning. I was crying. um, I was so upset. But I also did laugh when she was like, I don't want to talk about my man horse boyfriend. It's complicated. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes, yes. It's very complicated.
1: <laughs> I Maybe this is hyperbole, but I think this is going to go down as like one of the great Comet, the super horse stories in comics. Uh, if somebody, uh, and we need to do a Comet, the super horse we character spotlight at some point. And I think this is the one uh, that would probably rise to the top of recommendations. Mm. For uh Comet the Super Horse stories. So uh if people are excited about the super pets and have questions about Comet the Super Horse, uh, point them to Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. There's some really good comet stuff here. Uh real tragic uh ending for him, but a very heroic ending, I think. He was him. a good horse.
0: Yes. <laughs> he was good. <laughs> you don't loyal as Steve. a man, we're not sure, but as a <laughs> yeah. horse top-notch. He could have been a real jerk. (laughs) He could have been kind of the worst as a man, but as a horse, majestic. (laughs) Comet, we will never forget you. Um, I hope they bring Comet back in a, a, a future Supergirl run. I just enjoyed seeing Comet so much. And I think he works in this series because it is uh,
1: basically like a space Western. Yeah. And yeah. So Westerns have typically have a lot of horses
0: in them. So I yeah, wouldn't come be here. What are you going to do? You're going to leave the horse out of the space Western. No, <laughs> no, she's got a horse. <laughs> you knew he was coming
1: in at some point. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just wanted to want to thank Tom King for uh, embracing the, the crazy parts of Supergirl mythology and really making uh, it serious and meaningful uh, because Comet the Super Horse is uh, normally kind of a, a wacky and probably rightfully so a wacky character. But uh, I, here I thought he got a really good ending uh, that made me feel things. When Comet died, I was, I was very upset about it. Uh, So, so there is that there's a lot of death though, in this issue. Yes. Uh, Lots of, lots of things happening and, and people do die here in a Supergirl woman of tomorrow, number eight. So the next big thing I think that we have to talk about is kind of the, the way the series ends the way this issue particularly ends
0: um, and, uh, well, I guess before we do that, do you want to get to Mara's question? Yeah, I, I just, just as we're wrapping on Comet, uh, Mara does ask, do they say how, why he was cursed to be a horseman?
1: Not in Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number eight, but you can find that out in, uh, I don't know the, uh, specific issue right off the top of my head, but it is, uh, in uh, the Silver Age when they first introduced Comet the Super Horse. So uh, we'll be talking about the uh, super pets in a couple of weeks. So uh, I'll probably bring uh, the first appearance of Comet the Super Horse uh, to the table so (laughs) we can learn about uh, Comet's first appearance and maybe some of the the way he is cursed through the magic. So uh, we don't get it here in Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, but uh, there are many variations on how Comet becomes a horse in the comics. All right. So, uh, so now let's, let's just really get to the thing that uh, I'm very curious to know more about your thoughts on Morgan. Um, So at the end of this issue, uh, Krem of the yellow Hills, uh, they, they spare him at one point, Supergirl and Ruthie spare him. Uh, But he ends up, dead at the end so uh morgan i'm curious what what did you think about how Krim of the yellow hills uh was taken out in this series
0: so that's so funny because i didn't think that he was dead in the end uh um, really oh so, yeah so but, uh, i'm, I'm okay. interested in your uh your thoughts so make and, your case yeah okay okay because i i'm interested in in your take too so at the end of the series um, we find out that Krem had been sent to the Phantom Zone, Correct. where he had spent several hundred years learning to get in touch with his feelings and to sort of work through, you know, all of the all of his emotions and his anger. And he did like a lot of work with his. Uh, I'm assuming <laughs> uh, Phantom, a psychiatrist. Yes, uh, I want to <laughs> say straight out that the Phantom Zone. As an institution, did not seem to me, based on my previous uh, experience with it, to be a, real, a rehabilitation. No, it's supposed to be uh, a punishment. Yes. Seemed more like, you know, just an empty wasteland with like one building. Nobody can explain how it got put up. (laughs) They have a lot lot of cubby holes. (laughs) And like, and as, as prison Mike says on the office, the worst part of prison is the the Dementors. Right. And so, yeah, it's, uh, I was, I was. (laughs) I was surprised by this take on the phantom zone where like you could toss someone into the phantom zone and like finally they got the mental help uh, <laughs> the mental health help that they needed this whole time and got to really like get to the root of their problems through like you know years and years of intensive therapy and finally come out a better person. Now that's a great phantom zone for a comic book. I mean, you know, you throw a villain in there and then they come out nicer and then they can't use the villain again. But, uh, (laughs) well, the phantom zone is sometimes just portrayed as a prison. So
1: if you think about it in terms of our prison system, you know, a criminal might go to prison and reform while they, well, while they are in prison and they come out, you know, better than they went in. So I guess if, if, if I were to think about it like that, I can justify how Krim came out, sort of <laughs> repenting for what he had done.
0: I mean, I'm hope that they're investing in the Phantom Zone, you know, in the rehabilitation aspect of the Phantom <laughs> Zone, getting those budget those uh you know those budget dollars in there to, <laughs> to really rehabilitate. Maybe that's wait they're not doing that because maybe that's why it took him like three hundred years. Yeah. Ew, okay playing playing those take okay yeah. it took t- a long time because they're clearly not investing where they should be in the phantom zone mm-hmm. but uh okay so he finally gets out uh 300 years later he's an old guy Ruthie's an old lady yeah he he tells Ruthie that he's really 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 sorry about what he did and he's like honestly repentant and and then Ruthie from what I can tell just smacks him with her cane in the face. And then they walk away. And uh, I don't think that they killed him though, because I think you see her smack him in silhouette and then you see him go down. And then in the next, in the next to last panel, he has his like hand on his head. Okay. But what about the
1: dialogue though? It says uh, in uh, what what I only assume is still the Ruthie narration It says, instead, she moved her sword swiftly
0: through the air and stabbed down and through the chest of the kneeling brigand. So from what I took about this is that Ruthie's book that she wrote about her time with Supergirl after her time with Supergirl in that book She has Supergirl killing Krem, which uh, which takes all of the brigand, uh, like basically put all the heat on Supergirl with the brigand. Yeah, yeah, I can't say brigand. Brigand is a hard word. Yes. Brigands. Uh, And then (laughs) and then this way, you know, Ruthie didn't have to deal with them coming after her. They all went after Supergirl because they assumed Supergirl had killed Krem uh, when really they had just shoved him into the Phantom Zone
1: okay that's a much better reading like that <laughs> that that actually changes my my thought on the ending to where i like that okay the way, yeah the, the way i read it i read it very straightforward like ruthie because i had been so used to ruthie telling the story as it was happening all the way through i just assumed that ruthie was giving us what happened, which was strange because she insinuates that Supergirl killed Krim, but you don't see it in the panels. So I was very confused about that. So I came into this live stream, like I didn't like this. I feel like it uh, betrayed (laughs) Supergirl's, uh, uh, you know, set of morals. Like I was prepared for Supergirl to kill Krim because that's what we were told early in the series. But right before these series of panels where uh, it's Ruthie, uh, like old Ruthie and Supergirl and Crypto, and Silhouette with old Krim. Um, yeah, I Su- Supergirl is very um, uh, merciful uh, to and with him. She says things like, you served your time, you worked on your soul, your home, and you are free. And so that's why I had this tough time <laughs> reconciling the fact that Supergirl had let him go and showed him mercy. And then there's this <laughs> voiceover. Him him and then, and then there's this voiceover that's like, she stabbed him a whole bunch of times. And I was like, What is that? How, why wait? What?
0: Uh so and
1: then, I, it, then to my reading, it like made all of the all of everything that came before it meaningless because if you if supergirl kills him after all of that because there's a whole big scene when after uh i guess after comet dies soup like ruthie's ready to kill crim she's ready to just like take him out and supergirl stops her and they have this whole talk about how this whole story is supergirl trying to teach ruthie the killing crim is not the answer. And mm-hmm. so then when I get to the end and it's like
0: Supergirl killed him with a whole bunch of stab wounds. I am like, <laughs> what? I don't and understand And then at the end, Supergirl just did it anyway. Because LOL. Um, <laughs> uh, that would have been like such a dark ending. Like, I That's- let you. I threw you in the Phantom Zone. I let you see the error of your ways. I brought you back. You did a great job. Then I killed you. <laughs> That's why I was so confused. And I almost got a little bit mad about it
1: because I, I enjoyed the series so much. If
0: I thought that that was okay. So I'm going to read you what clued me off. So Supergirl says, I liked your book. And then Ruthie says, um, Oh that fictitious fiddle-faddle. I'm sorry you had to waste your time on it. I don't know why I wrote the, you know, tome in the first place. I should have told what really happened if I had any guts at all. You think I'm scared of a brigand at my age? Let them come now and I'll show them a whipping worthy of their cursed ways. And then so that that's basically what I took from it is that like she said that Supergirl killed Krem so that the brigands wouldn't would come for them. Yeah um so supergirl says you made sure you made sure he'd stay locked up you let me take the burden of their vengeance you made a promise and you kept it i appreciate it okay that makes
1: sense and it makes for a better ending to be but fair it wasn't super clear though it, like it i wasn't had to reread clear that because the narration <laughs> was in the exact same color as the other narrations and yeah I think if they had made like the book narration like a different Mm -hmm. color or a different font or something that would have helped clue me in it and prevent like my blood pressure from
0: rising (laughs) so uh, there's another tell uh which I realized like after I read it and I had to reread it (laughs) which is that at the end of that beach scene when Supergirl is like thinking about killing Krem because he killed Comet um, or he helped kill Comet. I mean, I would have been all for vengeance. Listen, vengeance. vengeance He deserved it. He (laughs) did deserve it. Um, But at the end of that scene, when Ruthie like grabs the sword, Supergirl says it's too big and we're too small. And then at the end, when they're talking to Krem on the Hill and it goes back into that uh, narration, it starts with um, her saying it's too big and we're too small. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. OK. But to be fair, like I had to reread parts of this because I was wanted to make sure I was getting it correct. Like, I don't think it was clear at all, by the way. Like, I'm, it's kind of a miracle. That I, I mean, I, I didn't understand uh, a a comet, a horse getting shot by a bullet, but somehow that, (laughs) somehow that I got put together. See, this is why
1: it's good to talk
0: about it because like (laughs) you might pick up something that I don't and I might pick up something you don't. Um, So I I think that makes sense. Yeah. Mark says in the comment comments, um, that was my realization at the end. The captions were actually from Ruthie's book. So that makes
1: sense to me because once it mentioned the comic book uh, mentioned that she had written a book, I I had that same thought too. But for some reason, I just still thought at the end, like (laughs) that was the straight thing that happened. So I, I think if you think about it now, or at least I can't, I can't speak for everybody else. I should only speak for myself. If I think about it now in terms of the narration being all from Ruthie's book and that's her telling of the story, that makes sense. So yeah. I, I think having this discussion has really saved the series for me. So <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad. I'm
0: glad. To, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to work through that. I had to. I had to look at the panels where Ruthie like hits Krem in the face with her cane like a couple of times to make sure she didn't like just kill him at the end as well. So it, doors, a, it does sort of seem like she could have because it looks her her uh, cane looks a little
1: sharp and it yeah. looks like maybe there's some blood that there comes might out be of some it. Blood, uh, uh, but yeah. you know maybe
0: maybe she uh, broke a nose or something. But I, it doesn't I, mean I think she, she just messed it. him up just based on the panel where he's like uh, <laughs> with his hand on his uh his head but yeah to be fair like I I've really enjoyed this run the whole way through and I do feel like this issue was a little bit unclear in you know just how it was laid out that it made us sort of questions a couple of things and like it made you like you kind of I was ready to come in hot yeah, you didn't like, you You didn't get like what he was trying to say about the ending at all. And I think that was a failure of, of making it clear. I think it like a good story is a clear story is a story that the audience can like readily understand. And so if there's big, um, you know, if there's big points where people can kind of misunderstand things, I think that is an issue with the narration. That's like an issue with the narrative.
1: I, I think it could have maybe been a little but but also that's also on me though, because you brought, <laughs> but you also because you brought up some things about how the 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 narration connected to what Supergirl said. and we know that the narration in the yellow has always been Ruthie's narration in some form. And to Mark's point, the narration was throughout the whole thing. and then we realize that it's probably the book. So I as a reader, that's on me to connect all those dots. And I just didn't. I just read it on a very superficial level. So I don't blame Tom King totally for that. I think some of that is on me as, as a, com- a reading comprehension issue. Um, but because uh, because you obviously got there. Like you, you had no problem with that, but I did. So
0: I think that's more on me than so, anyone else. So Kenny in the comments says, um, to, to just to, just to give you a little bit of uh, a breathing room, Tom King's endings, uh, the, Kenny says are are never that clear in his books. He says the some of the some of Tom King's uh, books like Vision, his Batman Run, uh, have had kind of similar issues. So possibly this is a reoccurring thing. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I the first time through this issue, I did have to go back a couple of times. And I think that's maybe why it was I, I put it together because I was like, wait, did the horse die? <laughs> wait, <laughs> what am I reading? What am I reading? Like, what is this jump from? You know, I think I got a little thrown off from the jump from Ruthie grabbing Supergirl's hand with the sword to like old... Ruthie, Right. Uh, and and Supergirl in the future. So I like went back and forth to be like, oh, okay, we did a time jump. That's what's happening. Yeah. So I, I but I, I do think that, you know, it's not, it's not a problem to have something that you need to like pay attention to. But at the same time, I shouldn't have to be doing so much back and forth as a reader. I should be able to get it like one read through. So I do think that this, like the, the, the narrative was a little bit confusing in this one. Like I like where we ended up ultimately with the story. um, But I kind of wish that the, the tricks that, that threw you off. I don't think that they added a ton to it, honestly.
1: Well, I'm kind of the opposite of you. I, Mm. I, but I can understand maybe why you would want one read and understand it. But I'm, I'm a person who like loves watching Batman be Superman, Dawn of Justice, 20 times because I pick up something (laughs) on each viewing. So I like it when there's layers to something that I have to reread and find as I go along. It it makes the experience for me... Uh, so much more fun if I have to pick up those things for myself. I'm I'm just mad at myself that
0: I didn't connect those dots. No, I think I w- I like rereading things, and I like when uh, stories are layered, and you get something on like the second read or the third read that you didn't get in the first. I just think that you should be able to get all of the relevant information in the first read. Yeah, and, like, super. The super very girl killing somebody is a <laughs> yeah. pretty
1: big thing. Like, exactly. How, how many people were like me and read that as? well supergirl
0: stabbed a man to death
1: like and the, <laughs> how and, many and people I, took that away for,
0: with uh, them i also think that like the visuals in combination with the words made it confusing because the the words are saying like supergirl you know killed this guy and then the but visuals are like happening. You know, far away, in shadow, something is happening to the guy at that very point. You know, like, Ruthie's hitting him. Supergirl is standing over top of his, like, now downed body. Like, it is kind of easy to misinterpret that and be like, wait, what? Um, So, I just think that, like, this is for the whole run, the visuals and the words have been such a beautiful combination. And this is one where I think the visuals and the words both uh, like combine to make it confusing.
1: Or are they actually helping each other because it's so jarring that you have to wonder why those words are saying what they are. Cause that, that was my confusion. I was like, the visuals and what they're telling me don't line up. So I don't, so I'm having to depend on the words to understand the ending. Even if the visual doesn't match up, I'm just going by what the text is saying. Ah, Okay. But maybe that's supposed to be, maybe it was trying to be a signal to say, this is an unreliable narrator of sorts. Like what you're seeing is not what was happening. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's two sides to that. That that maybe they actually work together to show you, hey, like this is actually Ruthie's narration. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I could see. It. And when I realized that, like where the the main story, the Ruthie and Supergirl buddy cop comedy uh, team, <laughs> uh, where that cut off, and then um, at the end on that last panel, that it picked back up right at that point. That I thought was a really neat uh, way of them saying like this is the, this is the book like this is the book that ruthie wrote and it also does like um retroactively make you know some of those uh, some of ruthie's narration has been a verbose a little wordy a little <laughs> A little bit of a gilding of that lily. Uh, And the fact that it is her, like her novelization, essentially, of her time hanging out with Supergirl does make all of that make sense. Like, oh, yeah, okay. So it is a little bit, you know, it is a little bit over and above in terms of drama, but she's writing a book, man. She's got a hook and audience. She's got to, you know, (laughs) make
1: it uh, dramatic. And although now I'm starting to question did the dinosaur pond, was that real? Did that really happen?
0: Did everything, did everything happen? She just sort of. She's an unreliable narrator, right? Like she, (laughs) she is, uh, we know that she lied about what happened ultimately to Krem in her novel because in Mm. her novel, Supergirl kills him. Yeah,
1: she's, she's trying. I would like to believe that everything before that happened, they went through this whole journey together but just that one part, because they didn't want to have those bad guys come after them, was a protection of the innocent.
0: I like to think that she made herself a little cooler sometimes. <laughs> like she's like, I really took that dinosaur down. I really, I went, I fist fought a dinosaur and I won. Uh, because I feel like that's like what I would do in a similar situation. Is that Supergirl couldn't do it, but I could do it. It's, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, I managed to miraculously survive from a dinosaur attack. And I would be like, I looked that dinosaur in the face and I, and I punched him in the nose and he cried. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, I do like to think that, like you know, maybe some of some of Ruthie's heroics, maybe it turns out were a little bit, <laughs> a little bit enhanced. Uh, but I don't think that I don't think that she would have had to do that for Supergirl because Supergirl's just Supergirl. Uh, but I I think we it's it's safe to assume that like most of the narration of the s- series is accurate with the with the ending being you know the one thing that she did switch,
1: yeah, Mark says, I think the visuals are true and the captions are less reliable.
0: That's a good Ooh, way to look I at like it. that, yeah. yeah well, you know what I really like about this ending um, because we were talking about it being like a little bit unclear um and um and you were defending it actually. I was like, it should have been clearer, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because I didn't get it doesn't mean that like you didn't get it, so uh, it's but, uh, on me. I just I take that on me. But what I, what I like is that it recontextualizes the series and so to your point about liking to reread things and find new, you know, new bits in them every time, I do feel like now this is a series that I can go back to in maybe a couple months and reread it and have a completely different relationship with the with the narr- narrative than I did the first time around because it does really change how I look at the at the book because it's not just narration. This is a book that she's writing. And this is like how she's talking to other people about Supergirl. And I think that that's really interesting. Well, it's, I feel so embarrassed. I, this was my second time reading this
1: and I still (laughs) missed it. Uh, So, uh, so I think now having had this discussion and thinking through it a little more, now, if I reread it, I think I would have much more of an appreciation. We have a a, a listener feedback email that talks about something that uh, was caught uh, in uh, uh, issue number four that could have also been hints, a hint. So we'll talk Ooh. about the the listener feedback section. Um, so yeah, so I I'm of just, listener feedback. I'm just... I would
0: I would love it. I would love if like listeners who've read this previous to us talking about it, or even were reading along with us, if they also like. If they also had an issue with the ending, if they also were thrown off a little bit by it, because I I mean, I don't I think that that's I, I could completely understand how you got to where you like you were with it, where what you thought. And I think it, it would be like it might be a common, you know, misread maybe the first time around, in fact, so. Well, now I
1: feel so bad for Tom King because when that first issue came out and the narration was like, and Supergirl killed dude, everybody was like, Rah!
0: supergirl doesn't
1: kill, blah, 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 Tom King doesn't know what he's doing. And so now having uh, this insight into the ending where she showed him mercy and let him go, that that, that that's why I was like, I'm going to stay, I'm going to keep an open mind. I'm going to just read it and see what the story has to say about it. Cause I, I I wasn't going to get like angry for no reason. And I (laughs) I think the, the people who did that obviously had some justifiable reaction to it. Uh, But I think, I think if you want to read a story and kind of see where it's going, I think that's the better method of reading or watching or, you know, listening to something if it's like an audio book or something like just see how it plays out. Cause I would have been okay for Supergirl to kill Krem if she was doing it in defense of Ruthie or in defense Mm -hmm. of some of the, the people who uh, the brigands had messed with or killed. Like I would have been okay with Supergirl killing if it was in defense of someone, but here I didn't even have to deal with that. It's like she showed him mercy because he, he learned his uh, learned about his mistakes and regretted the things that he had done. And so I think that's a better Choice for Supergirl, so I'm actually glad to to uh, have a different interpretation of the ending.
0: Yeah, I think I think the if it had been the way uh, you like your original interpretation, that would have been a, a bad could have been a bad ending i was originally
1: like, kind of mad about it so that would, <laughs> i
0: would have been really it, not just kind of i would have been very mad about it i would have been like <laughs> excuse me <laughs> because then i was
1: trying to reconcile like i really loved the series but the ending was kind of eh. it was like i was like <laughs> re- reliving uh the final episode of seinfeld i love the show the final episode stunk though um, so I'm I'm at least glad to uh to know that the the ending is a good payoff for the rest of the issues. Uh Morgan, is there anything else in this particular issue that we didn't talk about that you wanted to? Um
0: I think we covered most of it. I did like seeing um how how Ruthie had aged so much and she like still had her. Cool little hat that she likes, <laughs> but like, uh, but that Supergirl looked exactly the same, and so did Crypto. But that, like, to to denote the passage of time, the Supergirl had just gotten like a cute little bob, and she she's has like, pants. She's oh yeah, I didn't. Oh my god, you just and she has up.
1: an enormous like belt buckle.
0: Yeah, she's which like, seems like it would be uncomfortable. She's like, I have really embraced pants, and also. <laughs> this huge belts, chunky belts and pants are like really what's it. she's kind of gone back to like an an early 2000s aesthetic where <laughs> belts are all are all the rage. <laughs> you just belt it. That's it. It's so slimming. Um yeah, I didn't even notice the pants that's so funny. I was just like, "Oh, look at her cute little hair haircut." Uh <laughs> time has passed because her outfit is different, but it's uh it is really funny to see, you know, obviously years and years and years have passed for ruthie quite a long time for supergirl she looks exactly the same crypto still looking great still uh being a dog with a tape i Uh, did i did (laughs) like that twist where she was like oh crypto was always fine (laughs) (laughs) oh crypto i left him with the vet the vet's taking good care of him he's a good boy (laughs) what are you worried about ruthie's like excuse me (laughs) <laughs> well, and the nice payoff to that is Supergirl
1: tells Ruthie that she did all of this to teach her a lesson about not wanting to kill someone, and Ruthie says uh, on the beach that she learned it, which is also why I was so confused about my initial reading of the ending because I was like, "Well, Ruthie learned the lesson, and then she they still killed him." I was, "Why so would confused. you do this? Why? <laughs> that makes no sense." Uh so so there is uh that, um. I did like uh, on location five, uh, Ruthie refers to the ocean scene as a moral ocean. And uh, I think we sort of talked about that in uh, issue number seven with the, uh, with the apple and everything like that. Like I, and I I think you even jokingly mentioned like a temptation Island, uh, like a reality (laughs) TV show, but I think that was the intent of it is that uh, the, the ocean sequence where they have to make this big decision on whether or not to kill Krim is a moral quandary for them. And uh, so having it referred to as a moral ocean, I thought was uh, a really uh, interesting choice of words.
0: I also liked that the whole story is essentially um, Supergirl trying to teach Ruthie that she doesn't have to kill, that she can like let go of her anger. Um, And then at the, like the ultimate moment when it's time to do that, Supergirl is so angry that she has to be then talked down by Ruthie, so I liked that you know the way that symmetry of their stories that supergirl you know is also just a person, and you know she had just lost something important to her, a very important horse um, who, who who loved her. Who we, loved we her, all, who was the, a awesome. horse, a man, just a really great guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> may he rest in peace. But I, I, I did like that, you know, there was that kind of like the mentor becomes the men, uh, you know, like the, the student becomes the teacher um, part of the story where Ruthie then has to be like, no, I learned to this. I learned this lesson from you. We shouldn't like you, sh- we shouldn't do this. Like you need to, you know, you need to let go. And I thought that that was really nice storytelling as well.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was nice that they had gone on this big journey together and that they uh were able to bring each other back from the brink. Uh so I, I think that's a, a nice touch and a and a good way to end it. Uh now that I have some concept of how the ending <laughs> actually works. Um and speaking of that, I, I really liked how Ruthie uh talked about uh this is the the quote from the issue the legend of Supergirl who lost everything and kept on walking unquote because that mm. had been Uh, something that was mentioned in a previous issue where uh, the phrase kept on walking uh, was repeated. And now now I sort of think that the repetition of some of those things, because we talked about several of the phrases in the story were repeated and used over and over again, which makes sense if you're writing a story, if you're writing a book, you would have repetition of themes uh, working through your book. So now that things are clicking (laughs) for me as i think about it so uh because i thought it was strange that a little bit strange that uh they had repeated things in the dialogue but it makes sense uh in terms of writing a story in a book uh that you would do something like that as a writer so uh but but i like that idea of supergirl that she is a, a person of persistence and um and great fortitude that she can continue walking, even though she's seen uh, horrible things and have ex- has experienced tragedy and sadness, she's able to keep going. So I like that that was part of her legend, uh, the legend of Supergirl. So I really liked that uh, in the dialogue here. All right. Well, I guess, uh, shall we talk about the art? Uh, did you have any sure. favorite uh, pages or panels in this one?
0: Um, so many. I think that there are so many great panels and pages in this one as always as always the the art in this is amazing. Um, uh, it was location 14 when Supergirl uh, comes back down to Temptation Island with <laughs> uh, with the body of comet. Not yeah. a horse, now a man, uh, and and sort of floating in the air with like all of her, like her cape shredded and comets are tattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Comet's cape is tattered and, and sort of draped around him. I thought that was a really great, um, a really great panel. And then there's also if uh, my comicsology app will work, not always guaranteed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is location. Jeez. Um oh location twenty, where we see uh little Ruthie once again back on her home planet from the beginning of the story. And I, I just thought it was such a pretty shot um uh, shot, mm-hmm. you know, like it's a TV show. No, no, such a pretty a panel yeah, yeah. panel um with all the with all of the colors in it and her her sadness and kind of and kind of juxtaposing it against Supergirl trying to like come back from the edge and Ruthie saying that it's you know you have to, you know, move on. I thought that was great. And then like I think one of the last ones I love is is the right before that on location 19 where we go back through all of the adventures that Supergirl yeah. and Ruthie had together and and just get little snippets of each one of them and I thought that was so nice. You know, you see her outrunning the magic on comet, you see them on <laughs> the planet with all the graves, you see Ruthie, you know, crying on Supergirl's shoulder. Um, so I thought it was just like a, a, really nice way to bring home, you know, how many different things that they had been through together, um, and how close that they had become.
1: Yeah. And those are all panels from each of the issues. So it's seven, seven panels for each of the, uh, I, I, I'd have to go back and look for sure, but I think those are all like the top one is issue one. The second one is issue two. The third one is issue three, et cetera. So I think that's really cool that the the way they were able to depict those flashbacks and and give us a little previously on in each panel. Uh, so yeah, that that is a nice touch, and especially the 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 images that were chosen for that because I really took to the scene in issue number two when Supergirl teaches Ruthie how to like wash her hands. Um, yeah, I thought that was a really emotional uh, connection that they had there. And so I'm glad to see that that was the focal point of that issue. Uh, so it was all the things that sort of connected them, I think in, in their experience and their adventure. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good page in those set, uh, set of, uh, panels. There were uh, some things for me that I, i I just kind of enjoyed in terms of like a slow art re- reading of things. <laughs> so if you don't mm. know, slow art is the practice of, looking at art for a, le- a lengthy period of time so that you can put yourself and like immerse yourself into the art. Sometimes I will do that as practice. And when I do that, I can start to hear things in my, in my head and my imagination comes to life. And so uh, for me that happened a couple of times in this issue uh, for like location four and location 15, I could actually hear the waves crashing. Um, in some of these panels, I, I, the the way the waves are drawn, where they're uh, they're sort of kind of uh, how would you describe this? Uh, like uh, uh, raised up, and it looks oh, like yeah, they have like some cloth. motion to it. Yeah. Uh, so I I think that uh, contributed to my ability, especially on location fifteen, that top panel where the, the wave is crashing. Um, I I really liked that because it 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 for me seeing that put me in that location. I've, it was almost like a movie. Like I could insert myself into this movie that was happening on the beach. Um, so I really like when art encourages me, uh, to do that. Uh, let's see. We already talked about my, my other favorite, uh, location for team with, a uh, combat's human form being carried down by a supergirl. Uh, let's see. And, uh, I actually another uh, example of the slow art uh, immersion on location 10 when Krem gets his fingers cut off. Uh, I actually felt that pain like <laughs> like when I was reading that I was like, oh, well, that would be horrible if that happened to me. So uh, so the way it was uh, uh, drawn was really dramatic. and really I, I felt that intensity of that moment when Ruthie took his fingers off. Uh, with the sword, so I really liked that it was another, uh, sort of tangible moment for me. And the only other thing that I would mention is location 21. I think we already sort of briefly talked about it when Ruthie reaches, uh, for the sword that's in Supergirl's hand. Um, that's it's a, it's a, it's a. It's part of the page. It's not exactly, I guess it's its own panel, um, but it's it's interwoven uh, with these other panels that are on that page. But that one sticks out to me a lot, especially given the fact that they had already in issue two um, showed the close-ups of the hands of the two of them. Uh, I, if I were to analyze that on a metaphorical level, I think it's interesting that Supergirl taught Ruthie how to wash her hands and clean herself, but here they were dealing with blood and death, possible death and vengeance. Um, So it's a, there's a a contrast there for me that I think is really interesting. So uh, I guess those are all the things that I wanted to point out about the art. Uh, So I guess uh, final thoughts about this series, Morgan, Uh, What did you think about Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow?
0: I just really liked it. I was, I thought that the art was beautiful and the colors were beautiful. Um, So even without a good story, I probably would have been a fan because the art is so good, but I did really like the story. I liked that it centered Supergirl. Uh, I liked that it was a story about her, but um, seen through somebody else's eyes. And I think that that having that point of view character be somebody other than Supergirl talking about what Supergirl meant to her really did kind of bring home what a great character that Supergirl is and and some of the things that make Supergirl so great, including, like, you know, um, some of the trauma that she's experienced and how she's managed to, you know, push past it and overcome um what a strong person she is her empathy her empathy i thought it was just overall i really thought it was a great run it also brought in super pets but in a way that was you know it's not i was gonna say grounded but that's not true um <laughs> but i think that there were stakes to the super pets there were stakes to oh, Comet, yeah there were stakes to crypto um they weren't they weren't goofy um They, but they were fun. Uh, and I thought that that was really nice too. That like they didn't shy away from some of the weirder parts of Supergirl's comic backstory, but they kind of made them you know, part of the book in a way that made sense and um, felt like it felt like it was written by somebody who likes Supergirl, which feels like a weird thing to say. Uh, <laughs> but it we don't, we don't get that often. <laughs> it's not always guaranteed, right? Like Sterling <laughs> Gates, Gates' run we really liked and that was great. But yeah. sometimes, you know, you get a Supergirl story and it doesn't feel like the writer gets her or or is interested is interested in her or would have really rather been writing a Superman book, but like, this is what's available. (laughs) Um, And in this case, I think that like, he got what made Supergirl great. He got, he liked Supergirl. Like, that's what I got from this book. He like, and, and when we talked to him, he said, you know, part of what he wanted to do with writing this book was to get Supergirl out there again and to get people excited about more Supergirl stories. He was like, I don't want this to be the last Supergirl book for a while. I want there to be more. I want people to, you know, demand more Supergirl and for there to be, you know, something, you know, coming right after this. So I think in that, in that case, he did a really good job because I immediately wanted to read more Supergirl stories. Yeah, this,
1: this makes me wish... All Supergirl comics were like this. Uh, I know that's uh, not something that is probably going to happen in the future, but I think uh, the this this series sets a really high bar for Supergirl comics, and I don't know if we're able uh, if anything is going to be able to live up to this. But I think, uh, but this is a this this sets a really high bar for Supergirl stories, and um, I hope that we get to see something like it in the future where it's a complete story that understands Supergirl and is interested. That's I don't, you don't even have to like Supergirl <laughs> in my opinion, just be interested in her as a character. And I think Tom King, um, one of the things uh, that I now like about the ending of this story <laughs> is that um, it shows that Supergirl was an inspirational figure. Uh, she uh, taught Ruthie a lesson and inspired her in a way that Ruthie would not have had otherwise. And I think this uh, shows that Supergirl, uh, one of the characteristics that I love about Supergirl is sh- that she is someone who um, can withstand a lot of terrible things that come her way and still be a hopeful figure figure because those tragic things play into why she still has hope. And I think the the ending of the story exemplifies that in such a, a, a great way. So, uh i i love this series i would recommend it to everyone uh i hope they uh i don't know if they're gonna make a trade paperback of it but i think they should if they haven't already so Um, they are because i've already
0: pre-ordered it oh it comes out in july okay Um, i'm uh, I'm gonna go do that right now (laughs) yeah because it's so funny i was um I was telling Mike about it. I was like, oh, this this run of Supergirl has been so good. And he's like, well, when you get the trade, I'll read it. And I was like, yes. And I think that it will, you know, once it comes out in trade, I think it will gain like a second life. Because I think to our point earlier, and to my point forever complaining about this, it is easier to read when it's all collected in one place.
1: Yeah, I think that will be a a good way to give it to somebody if you want to uh, give it as a gift or a present or, uh, you know, a a recommended reading to a friend. I think that's a great way to uh, hand
0: that to some, you know, put it in someone's hand. So I see Paula left a comment who said uh, and she says, I missed the beginning with the news. But have you seen that the new Justice League's Supergirl looks exactly like Kara at the end of number eight? Uh, I
1: have not seen that. We'll have to dig that up uh, for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, m- m- maybe I'm trying to think with all our all, all of our scheduling. Uh, I when know. is the next? uh Superman celebration. We'll be gathered for that. So maybe I'll try to dig that up, and we can talk about that in the next episode of Supergirl Radio. But. Uh, But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe other writers took uh, inspiration from this book. I also don't know. I I think there was some question on whether or not Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow was somehow connected to Future State. Never got Mm -hmm. an answer to that. Uh, so so who knows? Uh, so there's there's a, a interesting questions there. Uh, so yeah, Paul, if you can send that to us, we'll we'll check it out and and see what's going on there. But uh, but yeah, so I, I think the that people maybe possibly writing Supergirl from here on out may take some inspiration from this book because it has been so widely well received. And it's uh, nominated for awards now. So I think this is going to be seen, in my opinion, this should be seen as one of the great Supergirl stories. I agree. Uh, Okay. All right. So I guess uh, we should get to, uh, since we've talked about our thoughts, let's get into some listener feedback. So Morgan, if you don't mind uh, taking that email, because
0: you're a much better reader than I am. So (laughs) Will, will you get into Mark's email? Sure. Um so Mark writes, um now that you've read the final issue and seen that it wasn't Crypto that Kara was trying to save, to borrow from the marvelous uh competition, it was Ruthie all along. <laughs> uh I wanted to point out this panel from issue number 4 where Ruthie and Supergirl are arguing over whether the former would be allowed to view the um the annals of the Brigand's brigandage. That's a real word. Uh, He says Supergirl says I'm trying to save someone. Uh, Tom King snuck in a clue right there. I have to say once it sank in that Ruthie didn't kill Clem in the end, she just smacked him upside the head. (laughs) I think Tom King really stuck the landing on this one. I thought it was a beautiful, meaningful story that really understood Supergirl and portrayed her in an excellent way. I've ordered two copies of the trade paperback and hope he'll get a sequel. All right.
1: How did I miss that
0: there was going to be a trade paperback? Did we talk about that on the podcast? I feel like I should know this. Uh, but now I that I know this. I only know because we were, as we were reading through it, I was like, and I was experiencing the glories of comiXology. I was like, <laughs> there has to be a better way. Is there a trade out? And I saw that it wasn't out until July. And I was like, great. Okay. Um, That's which is the good only reason I know. <laughs>
1: But, yeah, uh, Mark makes a good point that there is a little bit of a a dialogue hint there that uh, Mm -hmm. Supergirl says, I'm trying to save someone. Then she says, I'm trying to save my dog. Yeah. But uh, she could just be saying that to throw Ruthie off uh, in order to save Ruthie from making a a big mistake. So I I appreciate that Mark went back and and reread it and uh, came away with something different. And uh, thank you, Mark, for writing in and sharing that with us. I think that is uh, probably going to be one of many things that I'm going to catch as I reread <laughs> this story for a third time to try, uh, try to uh, get everything that Tom King put in there. Well, I think that's gonna do it for our review and discussion about uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number eight. If you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow Number eight is available at your local comic book store, Amazon Kindle, Apple iBooks, Barnes, and Noble Nook, Comixology, Google Books, and read DC. And before we get into some podcast plugs, we would like to plug a uh, an organization, a podcast hosting, a company that we have been using since 2015 and uh, we like it a lot. And so if you are somebody who wants to start a podcast, uh, we have information about an opportunity that's going to be offered until June 30th and how you can get involved. If you're looking to start a podcast, use Supergirl Radio's unique promo code SUPER to get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn when you sign up for a new account. Get your show on Apple and Spotify. Get helpful audience building stats and all the support you need to sound your best. And hey... They can even do video. Bring your podcast to life and have your voice heard with Libsyn. Click on the link in the live stream video description or our audio podcast show notes. All right, now it is time to get into some Supergirl radio and some DC TV podcast plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on And wired. DC TV Podcast also has a T Public store. So if you are in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the T Public Store link at the top of the page. Supergirl Radio is part of the DCTV Podcast Network. So if you also like the Flash Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning. Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure Shows, and DCTV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DCTV Podcasts Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts, follow at DCTV Podcasts on Twitter, and like dctv podcasts on facebook or else this has been a message from hope inhabiting the Flash
0: vessel also known as new rachel and since we talked about comics this week we have some super designs in the dctv podcast t public store
1: yeah, since we covered a Supergirl comic run all the way through, and congratulating ourselves in the process because we read a run and we, we finished it, it. yes. Uh, so since this was all about Supergirl and how great Supergirl is, uh, we just wanted to plug the Supergirl and the uh, car design that we have in the DC TV po- uh, T pub. DC TV Podcast T Public Store. That's a lot of words together. Uh, So we definitely have some Supergirl uh, (laughs) merch in there. So if you need some Supergirl items, mugs, T-shirts, hoodies, anything uh, that you could possibly need, we have it in the store. So definitely go and check it out. And we'd like to thank our legion of uh, super sponsors for uh, supporting Supergirl Radio through the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne Quinn, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Lizeth, Faith, Brian, Ethan, and Danny. If you would like to become a Supergirl Radio Patreon supporter, or as we refer to them as uh, the legion of super sponsors, you can go to patreon.com slash (laughs) Radio. And we have a uh, we have four a tiers of monthly memberships, and uh, those uh, those that support helps us pay for things like libs and hosting fees. So we really appreciate everybody for supporting the podcast and uh, helping us keep Supergirl Radio going, even uh, with the CW TV series is off the air. We still uh, uh, like getting together and talking about Supergirl, even if we sometimes misunderstand uh, the story. Uh, So so, uh, thank you to all (laughs) all of our Patreon supporters. All right. Well, if you want to keep up with me, uh, you can check me out on several different platforms. I'm on Vero at Derby Kid, where I uh, show what I've been watching and reading i think uh recently i posted about how i've started the book of boba fett tv series so i'm almost finished with that i'm trying to catch up with all the the Ooh. new disney star wars stuff i've been watching obi-wan as well but the book of boba fett i'm uh, a little bit late oh on. really yeah so uh, i'm not good so far uh, yeah you know i was not uh, crazy about the disney star wars films that uh, sequel trilogy was yeah, but The shows terrible. are great. <laughs> but the TV show's knocking it out <laughs> of the park. Uh, so I highly recommend both Obi-Wan and uh, The Book of Boba Fett. So it's been really fun to watch those. Reignited my love of Star Wars. Uh, so that's uh, quite the feat. Uh, but you can also find me on Instagram at the Derby Kid, where I share some pictures that I take occasionally. And uh, I'm on YouTube. I have a personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash prod. Where I have been recently doing a big project, where I read Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice reviews from the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. They're all negative. They're all rotten reviews, and uh, I probably could say that they they're they're rotten reviews. Uh, they they're meant to be rotten for the movie. Uh, but I think that they are actually uh, rotten reviews uh, as they are in, uh, in terms of the actual reviews themselves. Uh, but if you would like to come and disagree with me about that, you certainly can. Uh, when I have those uh, live streams, I, I actually read verbatim the reviews from the top critics. So uh, just to be fair to them, I read them all the way through for proper context. Um, so I'm still continuing that project. So if you want to join me and talk about art criticism, that's a good place to do that.
0: Uh, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at MojoTastic. I'm also uh, a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where we recently watched the Hulu um, uh, rom-com uh, Crush. And talked about it uh, so if you've watched that movie, if you've been interested in watching that movie, uh, it's a great time to listen to that podcast. Uh, the funny story about that is that we were I was just at a podcast live show this last weekend uh, seeing welcome to Night Vale and they had a opening act who had has a song that was in that movie. Oh, uh, the artist did. And and it was so funny. They were like, oh, yeah, you might have heard this song before in the Hulu film Crush. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> the only one there. Super hyped because I had just talked about it. Um, and then we also uh, we did a recently a, um, a panel. With uh, with Cat and Phil and Dan about um the upcoming By visibility comic book that uh yours truly has a story in, uh, and that will be coming up um later this month. So you're gonna wanna watch that space, uh, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast space for that. And we're still, you know, we're still kind of easing into our post Legends <laughs> of Tomorrow reality. Um, but I think, I think we've got some good stuff coming up for, uh, for the next couple months. So don't don't give up on us, you guys. Like we're still
1: here. We're still doing it. The show might be canceled, but the podcast. Oh, we're isn't. not. And we're that's sure really not. the more important thing is that the podcast is continuing on. Uh, But maybe that's just my personal opinion. Uh, so, uh, so if uh, if you want more uh, information about a uh, comic book writer, Morgan Glennon, uh, we may also have something uh, from Supergirl Radio about that as well. Uh, I also should mention uh, on the podcast, since this is going to to be out before Superman Celebration 2022. If uh, you're going to be in Metropolis, Illinois, uh, give me a shout. I'll be there looking for the Supergirl radio brick uh, outside the Super Museum somewhere. I assume that they've put it uh, down somewhere. So I'm going to try to find that. I'm also going to try to go to a QA with Jim Hambrick, who is the uh, guy who collected all the stuff that's in the Super Museum. So I'm interested to see uh, what he has to say. Maybe try to uh, ask him some questions uh, and maybe try to do some man on the street interviews and uh, document some adventures there. And we'll bring it back uh, next week and we'll talk about Superman celebration and all the shenanigans that were afoot, uh, including uh, a Michael Rosenbaum, Tom Welling program of sorts. Uh, so I'm curious to see what that is about. Uh, we're not able so to am I. <laughs> We're not able to photograph or shoot any video of that. So it's uh, I'm I'm gonna go and be present at that experience. Ooh. I'm not gonna, you know, be worried about taking pictures the whole time. I, I can just go and experience it. So that'll be new and different for me. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'll be there a Saturday only. So if you're gonna be there, give me a shout. Maybe we can go uh, drink some kryptonite together and uh, eat some corn dogs and things like that so uh, if you uh, are going to be in Metropolis uh, give me a shout well I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio but until next time I'm still Rebecca Johnson
0: and I'm still Morgan Glennon and we hope that you will check out Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow and keep supporting Supergirl comics McGurk I love not typing. mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. <laughs> How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, <laughs> they say you are what you eat. Cheer up. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena yeah. Luthor boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this show. <laughs>